I wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. And we have Brian Cottrell, and he is back with us for another episode. I grew up a little different view. I didn't have a cell phone growing up. Fun for me was just going out in the yard and trying to kill ants with a hammer. You go with a bedded outfitter, and your odds kind of go way up. There's a lot of respect I give for guys that ain't scared to jump on their horse and ride up into the mountains and throw out a tent. Well, if you are if you go out there and complain that you didn't kill anything on a DIY, it's your own fault. People kind of get a little unrealistic, and they immediately walk into a scenario thinking the outfitter's going to have a wild animal stand up and run out so they can kill it. You need to go there with a good positive attitude, have a good time. You're going to an outfitter that I trust, and that doesn't mean I've got an animal tied to a tree and you're going to go up there and hit it with a hammer and you're going to come back with the biggest deer you ever had in your life. I mean, that's not how this works. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. Hey guys and gals, welcome back to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. And we have Brian Cottrell with 2B Outdoors, and he is back with us for another episode. And we're going to continue talking about hunting with outfitters and why we should do that. All right, so we've we've both hunted with outfitters, right? And we've had great experiences and we've had less than good experiences. And your your goal with to be outdoors is to eliminate that less than good you can't eliminate it all together right because an outfitter can do everything in his power to make a good hunt and a client can do things not on purpose but ultimately can sabotage their own hunt and i think sometimes it's hard for hunters who have done that to see that and understand that and uh i've i've been told numerous times don't ever guide the guide i don't know if you've heard that saying or not and i think oh, yeah. and i think sometimes that's really hard to do because as an experienced hunter you're going to hunt and some of the things that you would typically do this outfitter may not be doing but because that's what you think that you should do you you try to force that right and uh, i've been guilty of that and uh you know um but at the same time you you know you've paid for an outfitted hunt so we need to let the outfitter do his job which is to put us on animals and also to have a really good experience because i think the experience with an outfitted hunt is probably just as important as what you would consider a a kill or you know to a successful hunt isn't just the kill it's everything all encompassing and uh so yeah when you're hunting a fair chase animal um that's one of the first things people do they want to be unrealistic when when they're booking an outfit they're like well if i paid this money i ought to kill a a, a, i ought to be able to kill for sure well no first of all i don't know how well you can shoot uh and if you wound an animal that's a dead animal no matter what you that's your that's your deal um, and, uh, so that's people kind of get a little unrealistic and they immediately walk into a scenario thinking the outfitter is going to have a wild animal stand up and run out so they can kill it. Yeah. But they don't want to, yeah. And so, so if you go in there with that attitude and I can kind of sniff it out, honestly, and I'm pretty quick now to say, Hey, you need to go there with a good positive attitude, have a good time. You're going to an outfitter that I trust that I've done background check on. 
And that doesn't mean I've got an animal tied to a tree and you're going to go up there and hit it with a hammer and you're going to come back with the biggest deer you ever had in your life. I mean, that's not how it works. Uh, you know, but uh, you get so many unrealistic uh, expectations, you know. But people realize just when you get like, just like, you know, going somewhere and, uh, uh, and then going to a concert and watching uh, a musician, you know, you pay for something and, and, you know, it's just like uh, an outfitter. You pay for an outfitter. That that guy has a, uh, a it's his job. It's his livelihood. Um, he wants to provide you with the best available uh, opportunity you can get. But at the end of the day, you're hunting a wild animal. Yeah. Now, you know. So, um, but now we like I say we do offer uh, high fence hunts and things like that of great places, and everything's different. But it that's probably the biggest deal I have is complete. Com- clients coming into the situation already kind of being a little bit negative and i'll kind of realize that and be like hey you're i can already kind of tell you know go here have fun uh at the end of the day you're going on a hunt you're going to see new territory you're going to be hunting uh animals you never would have been able to hunt unless you're going on this hunt so Remain positive, and if it happens, it happens. I, you know, I come back with a lot more tags, and I come back with animals, and I hunt all over the place. Absolutely. Uh, if uh, if that was the case, if you killed an animal every time you went hunting, they'd call it killing and not hunting. <laughs> so, I want to touch on a, a story here uh, in regards to. Expectations, right? Unrealistic expectations from a client to an outfitter. So in 2010, me and April were hunting on the eastern shore of Maryland, and we were hunting with a great outfitter. And he offered whitetail hunts. He offered seek deer hunts as well as waterfowl. And we'd hunted with him for two years up to that point, and I believe that was our third year hunting with him. And we always shared camp with out-of-staters from all over from north and south and even out west right and i'll never forget there was a gentleman in camp that killed a really nice eight pointer and a couple does and their bag limits their daily bag limits were pretty liberal and uh you were allowed multiple uh antlerless deer per day so uh this gentleman kills like four deer that day and then you know a record book day the next day sets in the same spot because he requested to set that same tree stand and i think he saw two deer and i can remember him in camp just complaining and kind of bringing the entire camp down and i i couldn't believe what i was hearing you know growing up in virginia hunting public land and i might go a whole season and see six deer and this guy killed four the day before and i just uh, i i didn't I guess I couldn't find common ground there. And uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's uh, that's very, very common in the outdoor industry. Uh, I, you know, I've got a lot of experience and a lot of years dealing with this. And I tell people, I think the hunting industry has more testosterone in it than an NFL locker room. <laughs> uh, it's just a lot of people that think they are the greatest at, at hunter that ever lived and everything else. I always tell him, because I've heard it so many times, I just tell everybody I'm the world champion squirrel caller. <laughs> I like it. 
I heard so many people tell me they were a world champion this, world champion that. Well, I just finally said, well, I'm the world champion squirrel caller. You may have heard of me. You may have heard of me. I like that. I like that. So, but, um, yeah, people just go into situations and, 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 and they already uh, are being Debbie Downers. And uh, that's very, very common. You know, somebody comes into a camp and they're just trying to be a cancerous plague on the camp, trying to bring it down. Um, because like you touched on a while ago, they think they're the best hunter that ever lived and, um, and that sort of thing. So, uh, as outfitters can be, make, uh, can do some bad things. Clients are just as equally uh, to blame in a lot of the experiences I've seen. So Brian, one question I, I get asked a lot, and I'm sure you do as well with people that are looking for outfitters. Why should I book with an outfitter versus doing a DIY-style hunt? Well, I believe your odds. If you go with a vetted outfitter, somebody that's uh, that's been around, and uh, and your odds kind of go way up. But now I do take – there's a lot of respect I give for guys that ain't scared to jump on their horse and ride up into the mountains and throw out a tent and go somewhere they've never been. Um, you know, there's a good chance you're going to eat a tag when you're trying to do something like that. But the experience, it comes down to that everybody – his budget's a little bit different, and everybody's a little bit different. So, um, but uh, outfitters, a good outfitter, they there's so many things that they they've already taken care of for you. You know what I mean? Like they have the data, the years hunting this area. They know where the deer patterns are. Your odds just go up uh, using an outfitter. But at the end of the day, it's a wild animal. Anything can happen. So, but uh, and I've done both. But I do enjoy uh, using an outfit. I really do. Absolutely. I can say uh, well, from from experience growing up hunting public land, I still hunt public land. Actually, I uh, just uh, put a wrapped a tag on a big, beautiful Pennsylvania longbeard on public land here recently. And uh, I can tell you, hunting with outfitters, um, there, there's no guarantee by no means. But... Mm-hmm. I definitely see a lot more animals when I'm hunting with an outfitter because on DIY style hunts, you know, you, you're limited by the amount of time that you have, right? And everything, like you said earlier, the more time you put into preparation and planning, the better. And an outfitter lives that. That is their job. That is what they do and they love. And so their goal is to have happy clients and happy customers. So at the end of the day, they want me to have the best experience and have the highest success rate possible. So they're going to oh, do yeah. everything in their capability to, to get me on a bird or animal of, of, that I'm chasing. And so I love a DIY style, but at the same time, if I'm going, yep. if I'm, if I'm trying to put trophies on the wall, that's not always the best case scenario, but I still think that those are awesome and really good hunts. And I think you probably have some of the best experiences doing that, but also um, going with a vetted outfitter can definitely increase your chances as well. Well, if you're, if you go out there and complain that you didn't kill anything on a DIY, it's your own fault. Right. How about that? <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> like to blame somebody. So that's a, uh... But yeah, that's a, but an outfitter, there's so many different levels. Some outfitters are fully guided, semi-guided. Some are just, you know, basically got a camp set up and then you do it yourself. So there's so many different levels. A lot of people don't realize when you're trying to go somewhere, having to eat and sleep, uh, that's a big deal. But if somebody's already provided that, that's a pretty big leg up, even though they may not take you to a stand or anything, 
just having a place to lay down at night or something good to eat yeah. uh, makes it a lot more just enjoyable. Uh, a lot of us are out there business guys, ain't got a lot of opportunities uh, to spend, you know, two, three weeks scouting and doing. We just kind of run out, do it, and come back. But Yep. And that's something, too, that, like, with my kids, right, I have three young kids, and my two oldest, they, they're into hunting, and, you know, I want it to be enjoyable and fun for them. So every chance I get, I'm going to try to take them to a place that the odds are in our favor, right? And oh, so yeah. the success rate can be much higher. And so hunting with outfitters in that regard are awesome. And um, yeah, You ain't got to come back and cook a pork chop. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, too, one of the things that we want to do, right, is to – um, with the younger generations is to make it enjoyable for them so that they want to do it. They, It's not something that they have to do. It's something that they want to do, right? And so I can say when I was younger, hunting wasn't always fun, but the, it didn't have to be either. But um, well, we didn't have a, <laughs> I, grew, I grew up a little different view. I didn't have a cell phone growing up fun for me was just going out in the yard and trying to kill ants with a hammer yeah absolutely <laughs> i didn't have a cell phone I just, I, there wasn't as much to do so yeah these kids now they jump on they jump in a stand and they can play on their cell phone i didn't even have a box stand growing up i don't i just i did a different style of hunting but yeah i agree you make it fun for the kids they get out there and have a good time and uh you know the key to it is keeping the tradition alive with the kids and make sure they get their kids involved in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk a little bit about um, reasons why someone probably wouldn't book with an outfitter. So um, you get guys that call you and they're looking and um, what's probably the number one excuse that hunters aren't booking with an outfitter? Money. Money. Every time, every time it's money. I get people all the time that call me and they're like, Hey, I'm looking for an elk hunt. You know, some, I said, what's your budget? Somewhere around $1,500. And I'm, I say, well, you need to go to Academy Sports and buy a tent. And uh, <laughs> that's how I can help you. So so those guys fit more in that <laughs> DIY category, right? Yes, yes. Um, and the number one is always that. It, it's the, always that. It's money. Every time it comes down to that. And that's a lot of things, you know. Okay. Now I'm going to, I'm going to make you think on this one. Maybe, maybe you won't have to think too hard, but what was your first outfitted hunt? Oh, let's see here. Oh, a big game. You know, I'm not going to call a dove on a outfitted, uh, um, uh, a big game hunt would be a Missouri, um, turkey hunt. I think it was a turkey hunt. I went on first. Yeah. It was a turkey hunt. I went on there first to a turkey hunt, and I had a I had a great. I killed a turkey and had a good time and ate good, and it was just a great experience. It's my buddy Mike Miller, and I'm still close to him right to this day. And that was a long time ago, and I still enjoy going up there and visiting with Mike. And and uh, I, I retire in two years, and I plan on going up there and staying the whole deer season, just helping. And I just like being around. The, the hunting environment more so than sitting in stands i just like being a part of it you know more than anything okay absolutely now as we're going to wrap this up i've got i think a really good question for you here because you you have access to hunts across the world if you could hunt anywhere in the world where would you go and what would you hunt i am i just 
I mean, I've been around a lot. I just love whitetail, the Midwest whitetail deer hunt uh, with a, either archery or a rifle. I just, I just like the Midwest big whitetail. That's it. Okay. Are you a typical guy or are you a non-typical? You know, I like, uh, it doesn't matter. I've never really killed. I've killed some non-typicals, but nothing like you would really see on TV, like a non-typical. Um, but either that doesn't really bother me either way. Okay. All right. So Midwest, whitetail, typical or non-typical, and it wouldn't matter, bow or gun. Either way, you're doing what you love to do, and you're having a good time. So, Brian, we definitely appreciate your time tonight and uh, having you on the show. And one last question that I do have for you, though. How can people find you, and how can they find 2B Outdoors? Well, you can find me at whitetailsunlimited.com uh, under the contact there. You can find me at uh, 2B Outdoors, uh, Inc. Uh, com and uh, reach out to me. Be glad to help you out, get you on a good outfitted hunt, uh, vetted outfitter, somebody that'll take care of you. To all of our listeners out there, we appreciate your love and support. And remember, keep hunting and doing what God calls you to do. Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.